What up, Torch fam? This week, I'm going to be going over week 5 feels, as usual, typical injury and schedule updates, and then my thoughts on hot players that are going off that this past week, strange NBA statistics that have been piling up in recent NBA news, possible, possible new changes to the NBA schedule, and secret dirty tips to finding players with good hustle, all in that order. Hello, what up? My name is KE. I'm a fantasy basketball nerd trying to come out on top in my fantasy league this year. I believe in strategies and mindsets over a hot take, and evaluating this game by diving deeper into the stats while trying to spot out any X-factors for these players. I'm just trying to guide everyone towards a bomb time playing this year, myself included. Without further ado, let's get it. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, KE. How are y'all doing? It's episode five. Five. Pretty exciting. Just five. Five just seems like such a satisfying number. Low-key, high-key. Okay. Let me get started. As we start to settle into week five, here are some of my thoughts on this overall fantasy basketball landscape. First of all, losing big players sucks. And I'm sorry, and that makes it just makes fantasy basketball super hard to play this year, and I'm not here for it. But not to throw out any excuses, since every goddamn week feels like a minefield in the NBA. But if you've lost two key players, like I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I guess just stream well, gamble good, and if you're still interested in staying close in your leagues, you should try to stay close. We're heading into week six, so if you've lost multiple weeks in a row, I'm, I'm highly considering, I'd highly advise you to start dropping some of your weaker injured players just to stay competitive in any league you're in. Um, if you're falling too far behind, uh, there's no point in doing that. You're just going to make it harder for yourself later. So there are still some gold mines to be discovered on the waiver, and the NBA landscape is still changing. So we'll just see how it turns out. Before we get started, I just want to give a little shout out to all the peeps who've been giving me some critiques. Y'all the homies, thank you guys. This podcast, I'm just trying to do my best, so hopefully I can make great content, you know? Thanks for looking out, fam. Okay, this week I'm going to start off with the three worst defensive teams for this past week. In the third spot, third place for the worst defense this week, the Portland Trailblazers. Followed by the Atlanta Hawks. And in last place for this week's worst defensive teams, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, going forward, if y'all see any players that are playing against these teams, I would probably advise streaming them or picking them up just to get some extra, you know, points or whatever you're trying to get in your leagues. Next up, we're just going to do a little quick... This one's going to be a short one. Just a little quick injury update. I, I wanted to make this this segment a little shorter just because everyone's getting injured nowadays. But we let's just let's find out who's the, the top dogs who are getting hurt. Number one. So, unfortunately, Kemba, Kemba Walker ran for a loose ball. Um, possibly concussed and tweaked his neck this week. Stretchered off of the court. And yeah, it looks like he's back on the, the exercise bikes and he's doing some, some workouts. So, I... Hopefully, we'll see him back soon on the court. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Nucle- 
uh, Nik Nikola Vucevic hurt his ankle, so he'll be out till December 6th, looks like. Um, maybe longer. Uh, someone in my league is uh, asking me about um, players to pick up, things to talk about, but I'm going to be talking about Markel today, um, but I'll get into that a little later. So, Ricky Rubio has back spasms. Aaron Baines has hip issues. Last week, I told y'all Phoenix might get banged up soon. And so far, I was right. Um, I keep your eyes up. Maybe Frank the Tank might go off. But so far, the high-octane offense that we're seeing in Phoenix hasn't really regained its feet since losing Rubio. So don't know what I don't know how they're going to do there. Marvin Bagley, Kyrie Irving, Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gobert. All four of those guys. Oh, and Serge Blaka. Serge Blaka Ibaka. He might be coming back. They all might be coming back this coming week in week six. So keep an eye on them. They might be um, important fantasy assets for you. Next, the 420 download. Um, for those of you guys wondering why I call it 420, is because the first number tells you the max number of games that a team playing this week will play. And then the second number, the two, tells you the least number of games that a team will play this week, right? Zero is just is just the number of fucks I give. So just let's just go with that. Okay, so this week we have 19 out of 30 teams in the NBA with four games and only three teams with two games. Those three teams are the Denver Nuggets, the Houston Rockets, and the Phoenix Suns. With the Suns' schedule feeling so light this next week, I'm actually expecting any <clears throat> injured players Rubio Baines, to come back, but we'll see how they feel after this week. If um, Rubio or Baines was dropped in your league, maybe pick them up Start at the end of this week just to help you out your teams. Okay. So of these teams that have uh, four-game weeks, the Clippers and Wizards have back-to-back -back starting Tuesday. Hawks, Hornets, Pacers, Bucks, and 76ers have back-to-backs starting Friday. So if you're picking up a player on those teams, so Clipper, Wizards on Tuesday, Hawks, Hornets, Pacers, Bucks, 76ers on Friday. Okie dokie. Moving on to NBA news. So here's some things that I have heard and saw and, and thought it might be important to mention this week. Okay, so first of all, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, is averaging almost as many threes as Harden, which, that's insane. Unprecedented. Davis, Bertie Bert, Bert, Bertans, is having an efficient stretch, so if he's on your waivers, maybe pick him up. Who knows? The Holiday Brothers are riding this Thanksgiving season with the Pacers, a little banged up right now. And DeAndre Bembry on the Hawks seems like he's he's in a hustling, hardworking rookie mode, especially after Kevin Huerta went down with a soldier, uh, shoulder injury. So what a guy. Hopefully, um, if you guys need some steals, you can pick him up. But otherwise, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, seems to be the, kind of the most common link right now in the lineups where the Mavs have uh, the most positive net rating mostly due to the scoring that he provides. His presence is actually really helping the Mavs space the floor too. And uh, he's getting an inordinate amount of shots up. He's jacking up like, what, 10 shots on four, maybe five successful attempts. So the dude's jacking up 
probably the next the most amount of shots behind Luka and Kristaps on the Mavericks right now. So if you haven't heard, the Warriors lost a lot of key players. <laughs> and Alec Burks, if you haven't picked him up, he's picking up the scoring drought with the Warriors injured and is currently available in around 51% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, I'd, I would recommend picking him up just because they need some scoring and uh, you can't have a team scoring nothing. So there you go. Brooks is your boy. All right, so here's my meat right here. Markel Fultz. Markel has been shooting at 51% field goal percentage, 86.7% free throws. He's getting a lot of minutes on an Orlando team that just recently got really busted up, losing... What, Vucevic? They lost Aaron Gordon. Ooh, big blow. I forgot to mention that, actually. He's owned in 31% of Yahoo leagues right now, and after watching him play, I like that he's a player that's always looking down the court. He has great vision. He's looking to find players in optimal spots, and you'll, you'll, you'll see recently that Evan Fournier is picking up a lot of his um, early season rust, and after watching Orlando highlights, even though Markel's shot is still kind of unreliable, he still looks a little funky, and there's still some margin for error. I, for the one thing that I do see that I'm seeing, is that though he's not completely healing that shoulder or whatever injury he has, he's at least slowly starting to heal his confidence. Um, I feel like he's playing a lot more aggressively, moving downhill, and I think personally I wouldn't mind testing him out. I personally really love watching. I would love to see him succeed, you know, and I wouldn't mind having such a a good story rookie um, slash sophomore slash player just come back after such a rock, rocky start to his NBA career. Yeah. Also, in other news, in my league, um, one of my friends picked up Marvin Bagley, and I hate everything, mostly because I dropped him and the world is cold. Nothing matters. Oh, here's I wrote this down in the beginning of the week. Simmons hits his first official NBA season three. And now, can everyone please just leave Ben Simmons alone? Please. I just, I don't care anymore. Because I don't really care. Can we talk about something else? Okay. Sun's owners, Bane's owners, Rubio's owners, um, that were ready for a good week. Well, fuck you. They're going to be injured. You're injured. You're injured. Everyone's injured. Of course, last week I was talking about the Suns and their increased pace and how it could, could be related to injuries that we've seen so far in the 2019 season. And just like that, two major characters in the Suns, critical to their success, actually just got hurt. Who would have thunk it? I did. I, I, thought, I thought of that last week, but I actually just didn't want to say it because I, I, I have Rubio in one of my leagues and I really don't want him to get hurt. Mel's playing, um, so for for everyone picking him up, you do you, but don't complain to anyone else if he's not contributing a lot to your team. But you're, you're picking him up because you love him, right? You love the former 10-time NBA All-Star gold medalist scoring champion. And gambling, you know, like, if you're if you're going to stream, you stream hard, you know? You go, you go big or go home. If you're going to gamble, gamble hard. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. He's he's owning forty eight percent of leagues right now, but none of his stats really point to any successful team ads be allowing him to be owned in this many leagues. He's actually shooting. He's kind of rusty. He's he's shooting an inefficient thirty four percent 
from field goal, 31% of his three-pointers, and and making only two-thirds of his free-throw attempts. I keep an eye on him, but I personally wouldn't add him because I'm trying to win, but is, if you're going to pick him up, best of luck. That's Yeah, that's, that's I mean, that's all I got. Wednesday night. Oh, this is when... So on Wednesday night, the uh, the Clippers played the Celtics, and this is the first time we were seeing Paul George and Kawhi appearing on the court together. After watching them play, I'm really starting to realize the amount of gravity that Paul George and Kawhi pull in just simply by being on the court. I mean, you can really see it on the uh, offensive end when other teams aren't really sagging off Kawhi at all and are always leaving one man on to keep him guarded. Just the amount of force, the amount of pressure that they exert on offense is actually leaving a lot of their key knockdown scores wide open like Lou Williams or um, allowing players like Montrez Harrell, who's really big, really burly, uh, just free reign under the paint um, and is really increasing his field goal efficiency. After looking at this lineup, um, and we also have Patrick Beverly, who's in his own right, a defensive pest. Like he is just grabbing boards and collecting steals at a ridiculous rate at this point. Um, it's really kind of scary how well put together this team already is. And with all the load management, we're probably going to be seeing them come playoffs and they're not going to be anything to mess around with. They're probably going to be the top in the West um, along with whoever is up there, <laughs> Lakers. Oh, yeah, and just to give daps, uh, if you haven't already, uh, go watch Levine's buzzer-beating three uh, with commentary, and it was pretty epic, uh, just from the announcer, and just a great look for any Levine owners out there who, you know, turned up with his 13 threes. It's, I got my booty wrecked in one of my leagues, and it stings very much. Uh, last small thing that I noted, um... It looks like that, uh, well, my friend actually told mentioned this, but AD was previously shooting around uh, 0.8 on three attempts from three-point range. Just recently, he's actually, this past week, he started shooting around 3.3 out of six attempts, which is highest on the by far by anyone on the team. LeBron's taking, what, 5.7? That's the closest from what I've seen. Um, many of his attempts are... Actually, just very simple pick-and-pop actions that I'm seeing with LeBron, um, who's leading the the pick-and-roll. And I'm I'm doubtful that AD will keep this up, but if such a simple maneuver can suddenly earn the Lakers a three-ball and it helps uh, keep AD fresh for the rest of the season, because if, if you're not... If you're not down in the paint, you're not bumping, you're not grinding, you're not wearing and tearing your knees... Or anything else under the rim, I don't see why they don't continue to use these maneuvers, especially with such a dominant force like LeBron and AD together. Right. Okay. Um, in more legislative news, uh, the NBA and the MBPA, uh, MB uh, National Basketball Players Association, came up with a a new kind of game changing proposal um, that might completely shift the the way the NBA season is laid out. Um, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into this right now, actually. So the proposal is essentially going to have the six best, play, uh, six best teams in each uh, division um, in the Western Conference, and then the six best teams in the Eastern Conference automatically advance into the NBA playoffs. Um, 
The last two spots are going to be held through a knockout tournament. The 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th place teams will hold a little like a round robin type tournament where they all play each other. Um, and so 7 will play 8, and the winner of that will get to advance the playoffs. 9 will play 10, and then the winner of 9 versus 10 will get to play the loser of 7 and 8. And the winner of that last matchup will get to be in the final spot for playoffs. Um, they're making this format kind of similar to just uh, European soccer, right? Or U- European football, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, so yeah, some of the concerns that are brought up is that uh, this tournament, they don't know when to hold this tournament. They don't want to do it in December because Christmas is the Christmas holiday. There's a lot of games going on. In January, uh, that's when the NFL playoffs are are on, so no one's going to be really watching that. And then if they hold it in March, um, it's going to cut into March Madness, which um, will take away viewership. If they hold it in February, they also have the All-Star Game, and they don't want to conflict with that either. So so yeah, if they figure this out before April, um, which is the meeting with the Board of Governors, wherever that is, we could see just huge shifts in the NBA format. Um, a, a one big thing is that they're going to be lowering at least the regular season games to a 78-game minimum, which could be pretty huge um, just overall for the NBA landscape. So let's see if this succeeds. Well, I'll keep tabs on it, I guess. But yeah. Okay, so the last thing we're going to talk about is just some dirty fantasy strategies. So just some stats uh, stats strategies that I've um, I've learned just playing the game. So here's here's the thing. Did you know you could sort stats that won't be counted on the scoring sheet in fantasy, like hustle? So for anyone targeting certain categories, I'd implore you to try out the NBA advanced stats and go to hustle. There's a hustle category. And on that list, if you numerically order the columns based on certain hustle categories. Um, so for this week, I need a couple more steals. Uh, just to edge out my opponent and um, I actually didn't end up picking up anyone just because the players that I did have got the steals that I needed but if I was going to be streaming and I really needed those steals what I would have done was I would have went to NBA advanced stats I went to hustle and I would sort by deflections so you'll see that um, uh, deflections in the order of the different players that lead the lead in deflections is oddly similar to the the list for leaders in the steals category, right? But you'll also find players that aren't in um, the league leading the steals category. And um, personally, I love players picking up players that are in this category because not only do I earn specific stats, defensive stats that I need for my team, specifically um, steals or blocks, uh, I understand that these players are actually more acutely aware of disrupting passing lanes and are able to consi- consistently disrupt passes um, in game without needing to actually watch multiple games. Right? I this gives this gives me an idea without having to actually put in too much work to find these players to stream for inconsistent categories like steals or blocks. I'd feel better knowing I'm picking up a guy who is more dependably wreaking havoc on other NBA team defenses than than your typical random pickup. So yeah, that's my final tidbit. Uh, takeaways for this 
week's episode. If y'all have players that are hurt and you are not doing well in your league, I say just drop your weakest dude. That's it. Okay, guys. Have a good day. Or night. Wherever you are. Have a great day. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. Give me a five on on podcast app if you could. I'd really appreciate it. Just scroll down. Just give me a five. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thank you.